American podcasters are lost in the swirling maze of past and future ages during their latest series of movie reviews. It's the Time Shifters Podcast. We're going to attempt time travel. Welcome to the Time Shifters Podcast. This show discusses film and television from the long and recent past as well as the news and events surrounding them. We thank you for tuning in and would love to hear from you. Follow the link in the show notes to all our social media and websites, or send us an email to timeshifterspodcast at gmail.com. All I'm asking you to do now is to witness a demonstration of the possibility of movement within the fourth dimension. Everyone, and welcome back to the Time Shifters podcast. This is Christopher here with Tom, as always. Tom, how are you? This is it. This is our final episode of Year of the Time Travel. I feel like I have traveled through time. I can't believe it's been a year. We must have traveled through time because I can't believe that a year has passed already. Yeah, we had we had more than enough content for a year. We have probably enough time travel content for another year probably longer than that so yes these will not be these will not be the last time travel films we talk about i am sure see what we need to do now is just one time when we're feeling lazy just reinsert one of our previous episodes (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) we've traveled in time that's right just change a few words here and there (laughs) no one will notice (laughs) It's been a fun year. Time travel has always been one of the sci-fi genres I've enjoyed the most. And I I don't even know exactly why. I think it's because it's it's the one that can be the most inventive. And it's also the one that can do it the worst, I think. And sometimes it just depends on your mood. It's a little bit fun to see something where you're just scratching your head going, what in the hell were they thinking? (laughs) Having watched all that we've watched, read all that we've read through this year, one of the things that comes up with this particular trope is you're trying to make something logical out of something completely illogical. And therefore, it always generates conversation. Good, bad, and ugly. So... When you have any sort of time travel, you're begging people to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, the, no one makes a tri- time travel film that doesn't kind of spark discussion from people who have seen it. Does that work? Does that not work? Well, this doesn't make sense. If he did this, how could he go back and do that? Uh, that always happens. You can't help it. I, I keep, In fact, in just that conversation, one of the funniest things that I ever saw on uh, the series Big Bang Theory. Um, They just get done watching the second movie from Back to the Future. (laughs) Hold on, pause. Something doesn't make sense. Look, in 2015, Biff steals the sports almanac and takes the time machine back to 1955 to give it to his younger self. But as soon as he does that, he changes the future. So the 2015 he returns to would be a different 2015, not the 2015 that Marty and Doc were in. This is hot tub time machine all over again. (laughs) If future Biff goes back to 2015 right after he gives young Biff the almanac, he could get back to the 2015 with Marty and Doc in it because it wasn't until his 21st birthday that 1955 Biff placed his first bet. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is placed right? What do you mean? Is placed the right tense for something that would have happened in the future of a past that was affected by something from the future? Had will have placed? That's my boy. So, it wasn't until his 21st birthday that Biff had will have placed his first bet and made his millions. That's when he altered the timeline. Yeah, but he had will haven't placed it. <laughs> what? Unlike Hot Top Time Machine, this couldn't be more simple. When Biff gets the almanac in 1955, the alternate future he creates isn't the one in which Marty and Doc Brown ever used the time machine to travel to 2015. Therefore, in the new timeline, Marty and Doc never brought the time machine... Wait, wait, wait. Is brought right? 
Marty and Doc never had, have, had brought? I don't know. You did it to me. <laughs> I'm going with it. Marty and Doc never had, have, had brought the time machine to 2015. That means 2015 Biff could also not had, have, had brought the almanac to 1955 Biff. Therefore, the timeline in which 1955 Biff gets the almanac is also the timeline in which 1955 Biff never gets the almanac, and not just never gets. Never have, never hasn't, never had, have, hasn't. Have, had, not brought, what? <laughs> yeah, it was insane, uh, and, and the fact that they... I don't even know how, as an actor, you say all of those things, get them to come out right, and don't laugh at yourself while you're doing it. Uh, that's why they do multiple takes. Indeed, I think. yes. Yeah. But the fact that they got through it at least once is amazing. We have come a long way. When I first started this year out, my thinking was we would kind of do a, a trip through time in time travel films, starting with like some of the earliest and just progressively go to the more recent and instead it just kind of we went all over the map uh, as time travel <laughs> will have you do <laughs> yes exactly suddenly I, I was expecting to do something like uh like the time machine and instead i we hopped into the tardis where we had no idea where we we're going to end up i mean we started out in 1949 with the connecticut yankee and king arthur's court which i don't know even back then i was thinking Maybe this isn't the film that <laughs> the time travel in this is like so. Oh, and this happened, and we tell the story, and you didn't need the time travel at all. No, you didn't. <laughs> Not really. The, the point is, is that it was supposed to be an example, and, and from its literary roots, it is a very early example of introducing oh, the concept of being out of time um, in order to to tell your story. Before they even conceived of machines to, to get you there or or some sort of uh, event, some sort of uh, uh, time-space conundrum kind of thing that thrusts you out of time. Yeah, yeah, a lot of the stories back then were just, uh, he hit himself in his head and suddenly he's in the 18th century, yeah, kind of well, thing. Well, as we'll get into when we review our movie... Uh, it was brought up, uh, they were bringing it up, even the concept of having a conversation about Rip Van Winkle. He didn't time travel per se, but he went to sleep at one point and woke up and it was way further along <laughs> when he went to bed. So it had time travel. From his perspective, he traveled in time. Yeah, exactly. It's a little bit like they talk about if you traveled close to the speed of light away from Earth and then came back and, you know, Earth would be so many years into your future kind of yep. thing. We've had some uh, some good and eh, mediocre times. We haven't, with the exception of maybe maybe uh, my science project and we could argue Biggles. <laughs> Adventure in time. I, I would probably argue Biggles. <laughs> I don't know that we've had any real absolute uh, stinkers. No, not really. And, and interestingly enough, uh, the ones that were really provocative were uh, ones, I guess, they would have been provocative anyways, but I'm thinking of, like, Slaughterhouse-Five. Definitely one that you ended up having to think a little bit more about than you maybe you were expecting when you sat down to watch it. In indeed. And then, uh, I, I mean, I was always amazed by, still kind of get amazed by, uh, I really liked from this kind of trope uh the butterfly effect that that had a lot of great elements to it and that's something too that every one of these uh, regardless of whether they were really hits or misses they all sparked some interesting discussions and they had they brought up interesting points and in just about all of them when it came to the uh, the idea of time travel we could probably solidly put as an exception unfortunately bill and ted faced music <laughs> with exception that's true yeah yeah, that was certainly... I don't know if that was the worst film we watched, but that was probably the biggest disappointment. Yeah, that that was a solidly disappointing... For, for Less about the time travel, although, again, it was a, in that one more than anything. I, I don't know how why it was there. 
other than to tie it to all the other films. Yeah, yeah, very good point. So what were some of the big the highlights for you for the year? Uh, like I said, uh, Slaughterhouse-Five was an uh, unexpected pleasure. Uh, I, I mean, knowing the source and all that, I was expecting it to be chaotic, but I wasn't expecting it to be quite as thought-provoking as it ended up being. Especially mm. when you have a book like that. Trying to translate that into a film is a feat unto itself, and to do it in a way that was successful, uh, that, was, that was a big one for me. I enjoyed our visits with the time machines. That was actually a lot of fun, kind of seeing the three different versions of that. Right, and, and of course, as we, we even described in um, our, our previous little short uh, episode... Uh, the 70s were not good to a great deal of things. <laughs> no, and the time machine no, was one of them. <laughs> yes. Yes, unfortunately. You know, I read, I hadn't read before, I didn't realize there was actually a 1940s version of the time machine done by the BBC. Really? But it's unfortunately lost. It wasn't saved. I think it was probably, a, it was either a live broadcast or it simply just hasn't survived. So it's not out there anymore. I was like, God, that is... That's a shame. I would love to see that. That would be kind of a grail episode for for us. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Maybe it'll show up in somebody's closet somewhere. Things like that happen. So tell tell me, what, what was yours? What's your highlight out of this bunch? My science project? <laughs> no. No, I think really what my highlight is discovering how much fun Voyagers still was. Yes. And that one could have easily been oh god the 80s just like we were talking about the 70s uh, you know it could have been an, like if you go back and watch something like the a-team or something like that yeah it's got its charm but, but it doesn't that's not good well. <laughs> yeah no it does not no voyagers was still so much fun yes no i i completely agree like i could find myself dipping back into the entire se- series again yeah, my science project was that was another disappointment because I remember watching it as a kid sure. <laughs> and then coming back and watching it as an adult and you're like, wow, I don't know why we had that recorded, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> I I was happy that we finally I finally got a chance to talk about Idaho Transfer, even though you know it maybe was a a, a mediocre mm-hmm. film. Uh it was fun to actually finally get a chance to talk about that with somebody. One of the disappointments, uh, though, was probably, like, Prince of Persia. Yeah, that felt like it could have been a lot more than what it was. Yeah, and, and well, and it's hard not to have it fit, hit a little offensive. <laughs> yeah, when the entire cast of this uh, Middle Eastern <laughs> story... Is not Middle Eastern? <laughs> yeah, barely even has a sunburn, yeah. It's <laughs> a good way to put that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what, uh, one of the highlights from earlier in the year was some of the uh, short films and that series that we stumbled across. That, uh, the the short films, uh, what, Time Trap and Beautiful uh, Dreamer. Yes. And then that, the series Atropa. Yes. That was so much fun. I, that was truly a surprise. I mean, there wasn't anything we knew about prior to this. It just kind of popped up, and it was like, oh, my God, we got to watch this and talk about this. Yeah, no, Atropa was amazing. Yeah, just astonishing what they can tell. And what, there was only, like, 20-minute episodes or something, 15, 20-minute episodes? Yeah, they were Maybe, really what? brief. Right, and they told so much in that amount of time, and it ended up being such a remarkable series. Yeah, no, that... That it's those hidden gems. Those are the ones that get you. Like some of the stuff mm-hmm. on our list, yeah, you know, you're going to talk about them. Back to the Futures, Groundhog Day, Millennium. Those were those were their those films in the time. They they stick with you. Uh, but these these little nuggets, those were amazing. Just going back and realizing that I think Atropa was really early in the year, and I'm already starting to think I need to revisit that. <laughs> I want to watch that again. I want to see if I enjoy it as much um, knowing what's coming. Right. It, it, it was really the kind of the big surprises. I know we didn't spoil it then. I'm not going to spoil it now. But the, the, the twists and turns that that took really, I think, is what 
cemented that thing in my heart. Yeah, that ring around the planet was enough. <laughs> yes. Not spoiling a thing. You got to go find out what I'm talking about. Yes, but it has been a, a truly fun year. I don't think there's anything else we really need to talk about. Um, I wanted to kind of just talk about that, just a brief overview of just our highs and lows. Because uh, I haven't been doing a whole heck of a lot. I didn't want to watch much. And I want to try to keep the episodes maybe. Uh, they've been getting a little on the lengthy side lately. <laughs> recently. Well, I'm, I'm still going to take a little nod to. I uh, was able to come up with uh, horror-related uh, time travel for, for October. I, I thought that was fun. <laughs> yeah, the happy death days. Yeah. Love them or hate them. Uh, at least it fit with the theory. <laughs> I don't. I, I wouldn't say that they're horror, but they are definitely perfect Halloween yes. movies. Thrillers. It's Halloween party. Everyone get together. You, you've worn your costumes. Now you're settling down with eating food and drinking a beer or two. Those are fine movies to throw Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Yep. No, I, I appreciate you uh, finding those, and uh, they were the perfect fit for our, our October. Absolutely. Well, I think with that, though, uh, I want to go ahead and take a break. We'll listen to a promo for another show. And then uh, when we get back, we're going to wrap this year up with the history of time travel from 2014. I'm Alan. And I'm James. And we're the hosts of your new favorite podcast, The Test of Time. On our show, we talk about our favorite movies from the past, mostly from the 80s and 90s. There's Forrest Gump, which I hate. Weekend at Bernie's, which I hate. And plenty of movies we both love, but still love to talk about, like Risky Business, Swingers, E.T., Big, and more. We talk about the movies and debate if they still hold up today. In other words, do they stand the test of time? So check us out. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all the usual podcast places. Check out our website, testoftimepod.com, for a full list. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at testoftimepod. It's test of time to subscribe. <laughs> it's the test of time. James and Allen have to say, do the movies you love still hold up today? One of the great struggles, if not the greatest struggle, has been man versus time. We are prisoners to time. Mankind has always been fascinated with the idea of escaping from it. To be able to go back in time and fix a mistake or change the outcome of a future event. Could it even be possible? Well, what did Einstein think? Anne told me that Edward worked for the government, but even she didn't know what he did. I can only imagine what it must have been like to have been there when he actually did it. Pandora's box has just been opened. It changed everything. We know what Richard created, and we know that it worked. What we don't know, even to this day, how we did it. A machine that can alter history is power that could be very dangerous in the wrong hands. If you thought the idea of Hitler with an atomic bomb was a bad idea, then Stalin with a time machine was terrifying. We really can't comprehend what the Soviets did to the fabric of time. This is a special report from KRNK News. The space race is over. All that we know is that they beat us at everything. It's one small step for Russia, one giant leap for communism. Right, History of Time Travel was written and directed by Ricky Kennedy, and as I understand it, he was actually a film student. This was like his big project or something at school. Hmm. This fictional documentary follows the creation of the world's first time machine by scientist Edward Page, no relation, and the ramifications that traveling back in time can have on the world around us. In this film, Edward's son Richard finishes his father's work and creates a time machine. 
Over the course of the film, several trips to the past are made by Richard, his brother, and Edward, each trying to right what they perceive as family wrongs, and each trip having varying effects in the world around them. The viewer is a third party allowed to see these changes, while the participants in the documentary are none the wiser. Now, I think we said before that this was a first-time watch for both of us, wasn't yes. it? Yeah, this is a film I knew about, and it kept popping up on Prime for a while there, and I just never got around to actually hitting that play button. And then when we started talking about doing the whole year of time travel, I'm thinking, well, this would be the perfect episode to wrap up a year of time travel films. I think I'm right. <laughs> I think it was the perfect film for the, for the end of our year. And, and such a good one, too. Um, it was a heck of a lot of fun. It, it really was. And, and it, it had to walk a pretty tight tightrope because... The way that they did this, uh, putting it as a, a, a well, a, a fictional documentary, because I don't even want to call this a mockumentary, because it's not mocking anything. It, it is entirely set to be look and feel like a real documentary. It just happens to be about nothing real. Mm -hmm. um, but in the way that they are handling it, um, because events are changing during the course of making the documentary it has to strike this weird balance between being still dramatic but it's almost absurd to the point of laughable at some point because you're like there when, when they finally turn it on when the, when you're watching it and you get your first your first inkling that oh crap the, they're not talking about the same thing they were talking about just a minute ago. Um, yes, they're contradicting themselves. They, Wait, what's going on? And, and they do some subtle things. They become a little less subtle as it moves through, but you have to pay attention because even as you're watching the interview, those being interviewed, the things around them start to change um, they start to change their clothing, their hairstyles, their all of it. Um, they're still talking about the same thing. They are still who they are, but there are these subtle changes, and they they still manage to do this without it becoming flat out laughable. Like it wasn't. Mm -hmm. They didn't make it a joke. They carried it through. You could have easily just gone way over the edge, and and made it goofy. And they didn't do that. They held the line. No, absolutely. If this weren't a movie about the idea of time travel, you could sit there and laugh about how terrible the continuity was. Right. <laughs> that's what. That's how everything feels like. Right, and, and that's the part that you actually do have to distance yourself from. Um, if everything played out the same way that they say that it did... This documentary couldn't exist, not not in it, not in the way that it, that it did. We're literally observing uh, the effects of the time traveling, impacting how the story is told. But if any of those things happened, the front end of the film or the middle or the back end of the film would never have happened. Well, and I think that's what I I, I like so much is how this thing ends. Yes. The film begins as this "quote unquote" doctor documentary on the History Network, right? And, and well, it's called the his the history of time travel. That's not the title at the end, right? Exactly. <laughs> and the network that's broadcasting it isn't the History Network right. <laughs> anymore. And it's like suddenly it's on science fiction television, <laughs> right? Exactly. Uh, and, and so oh, I was just. It was almost like the, this could be proof that time travel occurred if somehow the content of the film actually managed to flow like it did. Before we go any further, talk about anything else, because it all fits in and it talks about exactly what we were just talking about. I, when I put out on the socials that we would be watching this, 
I got a few responses. Matt over on Discord says he, I asked if anyone had seen this film. He says, I have seen it and I loved it. It starts out a bit slow, but once the fun part of the story gets going, I found myself glued to the screen trying to pick up on every detail. Yeah, this is definitely one you could probably try to sit there and watch a few times Mm -hmm. to pick everything out. And Pete Quint from over there at the Good Beer, Bad Movie Night, he, just before we sat down to record, was saying that he was watching the history of time travel and he says, I'm going to have to watch it a second time. I'm very confused. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. He says, I think I know what the film's trying to do, but I really need to digest it. <laughs> Good luck, Pete. <laughs> Over on Twitter, uh, Vegan Boy Josh says he absolutely loves it. And Ranger AK77 loved it. Be sure to watch and listen closely and look at the backgrounds of the scenes. I think that's the thing that I loved most about this is like you were saying, they make these subtle changes. Nothing's pointed out. It just, it just happens. It's uh-huh. just there. And it's up to you, the viewer to kind of go, wait a minute, wasn't that a rock before? And wait, what's that now? And wasn't he wearing a blue tie? I mean, it's all these little, little subtle things that like you said, like I said before, if it were any other thing, you'd be making fun of it for going, oh, God, they didn't even notice that he put him in the wrong outfit. Well, yeah, no, like the the, the blonde psychotherapist, I think she was. Sociologist. Sociologist. Well, she might have been a psychotherapist at one point. Hey, who knows? Uh, yeah, you got you to gotta watch what their titles are. It changes when, when the time changes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, like her hairstyle, her makeup, the type of glasses she was wearing, the clothes that she were wearing, changed every time they put the camera back on her. I'm like, holy crap. It, it actually has got me to the point, um, like, so to get into a little of the technical, uh, when the time track, when the, the, when the time machine device is created, components of it are literally from an Atari uh, 2600. Yes. What I want to do now is go back and watch it because the first cartridge that there was a cartridge in the in the thing and it was Pitfall. <laughs> yes. I want to go back and see any other images of it to see if the cartridge changed. Well, the actual unit that is used to create the time machine. Every time the time machine is quote unquote invented, yeah. the game console changes. It turns into an NES. Oh, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> okay, so yes, I totally have to go back and watch this again because um, R- Ricky Kennedy. And thank you for uh, you found the uh, that little interview with Ricky Kennedy uh, about that and reading through some of that. I it, it took him three years to to put all of this together, um, and mm-hmm. like you said. It, I, it may have spawned out of a project because he was also doing two short films while he was trying to put this together. And his description of how he's putting it, uh, knowing that he's going to have no budget to work with, um, that he, the way he actually builds this thing out um, to the point where he writes a 24-page manuscript that's just not, nothing but dialogue. Um, mm-hmm. cause, and it's all, everything that the interviewees are, <laughs> are saying, and he doesn't have all the cuts that go into it even yet, but he knows he's got to get it all out and, and have the framework. Otherwise it won't come together. And it, he had to even decide how am I even going to tell this thing? And he came up with the documentary as the way to keep it on the cheap. So, mm-hmm. So, and I yeah, and I I like the fact that he had this great idea about the history of time travel, but he still didn't like okay. But what's the point? I mean, and it was it was finally when he realized, oh wait a minute, what if I start making the changes, and no one notices? Like that's my hook, and that's where yeah. it was really like the impetus to like that's what finally put it all together for him. Where where they were talking about uh, it being a little slow at the beginning. That was actually some of the stuff that I latched on to immediately because you and I all year long have been talking about the theory of time travel. How how does it play out? And they go through it. They they go through the various ways that people conceive how time travel might work. The alternate... 
And it's an actual, they give a little brief history of time travel in media. Yes. That, like I said, that's where we, uh, like from our prior episode, we were talking about uh, uh, Rip Van Winkle. Um, uh, yeah. Like he just, he goes to sleep. He wakes up later. The, the theory of time travel and its introduction into media of any kind has uh, long it was long before we ever actually started making movies or anything like that. So it's been in literature forever. And yeah, the fact that we've always tried to conceive how that would work, what that would look like, what it would do to us. I, right down to the tagline, uh, it's on the poster for this. Would we even notice? Yeah. Exactly. Someone may have invented time travel and could be using it, and we would never know. <laughs> and then when you get into this film, it's just genius on how he how he decides to go about this. It, it's essentially uh, the concept of the butterfly effect, too. We're just going to focus on this little family that has the intellectual power that will allow for the time travel to be developed. They happen to be the ones that can do this. But we're highly focused on it will be used at all because of the family. Mm-hmm. So it becomes this neat little story. Uh, you can get it easily just sucked in to the story of, and, and I'm sure you enjoy this part, the pages. <laughs> yes, I love it. That's why I say no relation. Sorry, yeah, no. I wish. No relation, but but yeah, I, I had to go, oh, he's got to be eating this up. <laughs> but I'll admit it. They, they watch the film and they yeah, I love it. Edward Page. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the whole focus, and that's actually where you get your even your first inkling when, when we get our first pass. Uh, when, um, what was it, Andrew? Uh, no, it was uh, not. It was uh, Richard makes the first trip. Okay, Richard. Sorry, yeah. Richard. Uh, and then it's Richard and Aiden are the kids. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Richard builds on his father's work, makes the first time machine. Does so actually fairly. Uh, he thought it through. Uh, I love the way that they they presented his. Okay, he he's done it, and he's thought through how he's even going to do his first tests. So he doesn't screw anything up. Right. Yeah. He realizes he has to sit in the closet for an hour until he until he leaves. Well, he has to sit in the closet to wait for him to, to invent it. Right. Because <laughs> he, he figures out the first problem with time travel is if you do anything before you've invented the time machine, you now won't invent the time machine and you're stuck. <laughs> so, right. Uh, which is also how he figured out the time machine has to come with me. Yes. (laughs) So he has to be, if he wants to not get stuck in time, he has to be there. But that was your first inkling that anything happened at all is when he finally does decide to, uh, to go and try to do something to save his mother, Mm -hmm. which is the thing that has haunted him. We don't actually say we hear that it worked. But then, then the next thing they start talking about Aiden. And you're mm-hmm. like, who is Aiden? <laughs> yes, his brother. And, and you're just to accept that he has a brother now. And they're like, okay, well, that obviously happened as a result. And they, they unravel that. But they don't say it right away because from a documentary perspective, they would have already been talking about Aiden. Aiden's always been around from the perspective of the interviewees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Just an amazing uh, way to present this. You know, the impetus for them to, to invent the time machine is to go back and save their mother. Mm-hmm. And this ties in a little bit to our um, t- discussion and about the film, The Time Machine, from uh, 2002. Mm-hmm. You know, his, his whole thing is, I'm going to go back and save my fiance. Oh, why can't I save her? Because you don't, you wouldn't invent the time machine. So you, you're your own paradox. Well, these guys, so he goes back to save his mother who died from polio. He takes back uh, the inoculations and boosters that she would need. He succeeds. She lives, but then dies in childbirth, giving birth to his brother, Aiden. Right. Who then helps his brother invent the time machine 
to go back to save his mom. Again. <laughs> yes. It's brilliant. It's so clever. Yeah, and, and the fact that it just... It, it, it focused heavily on this family, but the wider world starts to be affected because the whole thing was bore out of... Uh, it... it it was the time race as opposed to the space race because Einstein had managed to mention that um, Hitler was uh, pursuing uh, a space-time device just as much as he was an atomic bomb. So this bore the fictional Indiana Project, which is where their father uh, devoted all of his life to. But because that's the start of this family's struggle um, that also becomes how the larger world around starts to also be affected by their choices that they make in the use of a time machine. Mm-hmm. Yes, because they start getting the attention of the CIA and the KGB. Um, you know, the, the, the Russians apparently, you know, steal the time machine. Uh, and start changing world events. Right, yeah, that, that one solution where they actually give their their father the answer back in time. <laughs> and, and of all things, uh, and of course this would be the... Granted, these were grown men. Uh, you would kind of hope they'd uh, thought this through a little bit more, but the idea is to save their mom. Their dad has to spend more time <laughs> with, with her. And, and, and I get where they thought that through but somehow giving him the time machine early was going to be the thing that fixed that i don't know if that's the, the, eh, that's, the well. that's not immediately where my mind would jump but uh, uh yeah that was i think it was the well if he succeeds he'll feel accomplished and he'll be able to set it aside or you know, hand it over to somebody else sure but. I, I i i get that the thought process but i don't know that they're thinking that through but uh but yes, that's where it does impact the greater world because now the Soviet Union has the time machine. The U.S. does not because their father didn't invent it. Right. So he can't reinvent it, <laughs> which becomes a problem. And actually, they buttoned that up nicely, too. The fact that it, the way they laid that out, he, they gave him their technology. The only question I have... In that, and this is where Rick Kennedy knew he'd probably make a plot hole or something. What happened to them when they did that? So if they gave them gave their dad their notes and the machine, did they make a second one and try to go back, or did they just stay? Oh, that's a good point. Oh, there you go. Well, see, and that's actually one of these things Ricky Kennedy uh, said in that interview. Uh, with it was, I think it was with the uh, Austin Film Festival. Yeah. Uh, he said in an interview, he's like, I'm excited to, to hear people pick this thing apart. Yeah. You know, I want to have these conversations. I want to know what I missed. <laughs> and, and, and that's the one I think he missed. It, yeah. is, I, I like the idea that they tried to solve the problem by giving their father the tech, but to give their father the tech would would likely strand them. Yeah, I'm not sure how that works unless you can point it the other direction. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they they didn't they didn't discuss that enough to to and, and because of the way the story is told, you can this is where a little suspension of disbelief can go a long way. You're to assume. You're to assume it got figured out, but because they've changed time, no one knows what they figured out. Right. But, and then that also starts getting into the trouble with time travel all the way around. Anyways, even if they figured it out, where did they go? Because, again, they've now reset the timeline. If they went to their time, their time isn't the same time anymore. Well, I'm assuming they didn't go back prior to their birth because that would have really messed things up. But they did go back <laughs> to pri prior to their birth. That's how they. I don't know. I, I think they both could have been young ki young children by that point. Depends. Yeah, they were a little vague on when it, during the Indiana Project they gave their father the attack. So right. 
Uh, it wasn't clear whether or not they both were born already, but yeah, I, I, I would assume that they were both born, you know, preventing themselves from not existing. So what I'm saying is, Ricky Kennedy, as soon as you're available, you need to come on and talk us through. Uh, <laughs> yes. We think we found your plot hole. <laughs> <laughs> we found one of them. And we found there one may of be them. more. We'd love to discuss it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry it took me this long to uh, to watch this film. Kind of, yeah. And, and this is one where there's just such a sea of content out there. I didn't know it existed until you told me. Yeah, and it's eight years old already. Right. I'm like, how the heck did that happen? Right. So, I mean, it, just an amazing little piece of storytelling and such a nice way to do time travel. It was so cool. Yeah, very cool. Really enjoyed it. And uh, like I was saying, I mean, I was hoping it would be, and I I think we nailed it as far as being, you know, the, the way to wrap up this year. It just, it, it fit perfect. I was giving chef kisses to the end of the film when all of a sudden <laughs> they end it, and the, the name of the movie changes from the history of time travel to the theory of time travel. And I'm like, oh, God, that's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Yep, and this is just some of the things that could have happened had they done it. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, there's just so much throughout this film. I, I mean, we've already kind of spoiled it. I don't want to spoil any of the really <laughs> minute things because it is so much fun to go back and watch. And you can just pick stuff up. And it is not there. It is not pointed out. It's just, it's brief. You'll see things in text and whatever. And then suddenly things change, you know, with the interviewers or the, uh, interviewees mm -hmm. you know whatever and you're like wait what and like wait a minute and you think back just a few seconds and you realize what's happened ah uh, it's see so I, clever i have no trouble uh, us talking at with as much detail about this one because you have it has to be experienced like i can tell you the story but you gotta watch this thing un unravel in front of you the way that it's done and, and again for such a it a low-budget, easy-to-make kind of film. It's so effective. Very. I was looking at a couple... Uh, didn't read them in depth, because I kind of... I, I didn't want to pick up too much from them, but I was reading a couple um, reviews on, like, IMDb. Yeah. And I, I, I always like to go to, like, okay, what's the one-star reviews? And honestly, so many of the one-stars reviews, I'm thinking, yeah, you didn't get it. <laughs> I hate to be that person. I've I've... I hate when people talk about a film and they think it's so great and then they turn to somebody as like, if you didn't like it, you didn't get it. Because I don't think that's fair. But in this cases and a lot of these reviews that I'm, I'm reading on there that gave these one stars, eh, you didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't understand what was happening. It is an elevated level of storytelling. It, 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 it requires you be fully engaged. This is not something yes. you turn on in the background and play on your phone or read no, something no, no, no. or whatever. You'll, you'll miss everything about it if you do it that way. Mm -hmm. So, no, it requires you be engaged. It requires that you pay attention. And, and honestly, you need a little science in your life. You, you yeah, won't sure. understand what they're trying to convey if you don't at least kind of think through the principles, mm -hmm. which is why they do that part at the front end. They literally go through, okay, time travel. It can be this or it can be this. <laughs> These are the theories. <laughs> they literally tell you what you need to pay attention to and how this is going to work, which they managed to successfully pull off both theories at the same time. It is both a multiverse <laughs> yes. and a loop. The whole thing on the pocket watch thing was just awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That very good explanation with that. It's like where I, I thought of you as soon as they said, "Well, where's the beginning?" <laughs> like, oh my gosh, Tom must have just jumped out of his chair. <laughs> I know. I, I, I absolutely loved. Uh, but then it supports both of our ideas. There had to be a beginning, but because it's always happened, it's always happened. So right. it's the notion of in, an infinite loop. It, 
it, it's all there was a beginning, but it is so infinite, it's irrelevant. Right. It, you're asking to pull one data point out of billions of data points. <laughs> so at this point, the beginning is the outlier. The loop is the reality. A whole lot of fun. I am so ashamed that it's taken me eight years to discover this <laughs> a thing. <little> bit. <laughs> yeah, because I... This would absolutely be a film that I'd be telling people for the last eight years. Oh, you've got to watch. Oh, you like time travel films? You got to watch this. <laughs> I, and I, I'd even go further. You like good storytelling, and you like good science in your science fiction. This is it, right here. Yeah. Sometimes the simple stuff is the is sometimes the most amazing stuff. Yeah, I, I, I think I do need to see if we can uh, reach out to Ricky Kennedy and if he's still willing to talk about an eight-year-old movie that he made. <laughs> we definitely should try to get him on the show. Seriously, Ricky, you're my kind of people. I want to talk to you. <laughs> yes. Oh, I want to hear all about the journey. I want to hear about the journey of putting it together. Like, that yeah. one interview briefly touched on it. I would love to get in depth uh, and really... Seriously, what right down to the core why? What 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 this was a three year long project just to get the story, not to make the movie, to get the story. So what kept you so driven to, to yeah, absolutely. get this together? Yeah, and, and you did. You 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 succeeded valiantly. <laughs> again, uh we're talking about uh in our last or at the beginning of the show, we were talking about you know some of the highs and lows of the year. This is definitely one of, if not the high of the year. I think this was just such a surprise and so much fun. It neatly ties in everything that we have discussed all year yes. long and does it so eloquently. So, Oh, yeah. yeah. We could have just reviewed this movie <laughs> every episode for the last year. So, folks, we're sorry we wasted the past. We absolutely <laughs> wasted your time for the last year. We could have just watched this movie. We could have gone on to do something else. Yeah, the the other 23 episodes were entirely pointless just to get to this. Our apologies. What we'll do, I've got an NES. (laughs) We'll We'll go back in time. Yeah, but I I, I, want to use the paddle control from the Atari. Oh, that is true. Yeah, I don't have a paddle. I, I love that they actually went to the trouble go, you die, you turn it backward to go into the past. You turn it forward <laughs> to go into the future. So what's the button for? <laughs> but that will end our year of the time trailer. It has been so much fun. Uh, we've got another fun year planned, I think, I, I think for so next too. year. <laughs> Next year, do you want to talk a little bit about what we're going yeah, to do next absolutely. year? absolutely. Let's start. You got to launch them into the new year. Yeah, good point. All right. Well, next year, we, we had the thought, because Tom and I are both of fans of a lot of films that, despite the fact that they're not really good, they look so pretty. Right. <laughs> they're just fun to watch. So we have found what we think are going to be about 24 films that we think, well, they looked pretty. <laughs> <laughs> now, some of these films are films that had all the, you know, they had the stars, they had the budget, they had the major studios, and they ended up being complete bombs. Yeah. A few films out on the list actually were pretty big hits. But total garbage. So I'm not going to announce the list or anything just yet. Uh, I might post something later, maybe uh, when we get into the in, into the new year but uh the list will be subject to change of course I, I i think it's pretty solid with only maybe a couple changes maybe happening right we should may, maybe release a quarter of the year at the time or, or something like that but uh but and we want to hear from you because these are going to be the movies that are going to generate conversation from you guys because you either love these things because it hit the right spot for you, regardless of whether or not the world cared about it, or they make you angry because you wanted to like it and it didn't work. 
Oh, I, I I know at least one film on that list that fits that bill for you really well. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Even as we're sitting here talking about it and talking about that list, I'm thinking of other films mm-hmm. that aren't on the list, and I'm thinking maybe we'll have like little special in-between episodes, just little short half an hours or something that where we can talk about them. We can definitely do that because it, it, it's amazing. Once you start down this rabbit hole, it, it, it starts to spread. <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm looking at a poster on my wall right now of one, and I can't believe I didn't think to put on the list. But... It's only been staring at you in the face the whole time. <laughs> yeah, but I'm uh, not going to give anything away. Anyone that knows me might know what that is. So, but... <laughs> but no, th- th- this has lots of potential, and we would love to get as much participation from all of you out there. This, this could be fun especially you know if you've got any of those films you know whether you want to call them guilty pleasures or not um i don't feel guilty about any of the stuff that i like right but (laughs) if if that fits your description or whatever you know let us know what your films what films that you've seen that you know look great but are just not good or just bombed for some reason at the box office Mm -hmm. sometimes i think Films are good, but for whatever reason, they can't find their audience. Right. And I think there's a few films like that on the list, too. Oh, yeah. Sometimes the way that the the studios put them out in, in trailer form or how they, uh, they package them, it, it doesn't always work out. And sometimes you'll get a good one in there that they just didn't put the enough effort behind but then again, there are plenty that they put every dollar they can and they come out trash. <laughs> so, yeah, so follow the link in the show notes to all our social media outlets. You'll also find our email address, uh, which is timeshifterspodcast at gmail.com. And be awesome to hear from you. You can just type out a message or leave comments or, or, or post on any of those social medias. If you want to record something, uh, if you just want to uh, record a message or something, use your phone, make an MP3 or something like that, you can email that too as well, and then we can actually play it right here on the show. Saves us the trouble of actually having to read it. Um, that would be really awesome. All right, well, that is going to do it for this episode and for this year. Uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Have a fun and safe uh, New Year. I uh, think this will miss Christmas. No, it'll be right before the holidays, mm-hmm. I think, when this one drops. Everyone have a fantastic Christmas and a happy new year. We will talk to you in 2023. It's going to be exciting. Absolutely. That's going to do it, everyone. Bye. See ya. Too old.